Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 535. And the Who on Rock 102. It's going to be a nice, warm, hot day. Sunny and a high of 88. Tomorrow, more of the same. It is 67 right now in downtown Springfield. Oh, man, what a show today. Oh, yeah, what a show. I'm feeling it already. It's like uh, we barely started, and already I'm feeling uh, good things about today. Remember that? Uh, remember those Chilean miners? Yes. When they opened up the hatch for the first time after months of being in there? Yeah, right. I feel like that first guy. Like, ooh, air. Real <laughs> live air. And I feel like the guy with the most seniority who everybody wants to blame for getting right, down there right. in the first place. Yeah, you, you're the one. Yeah, Baxendale, you're the one that closed the hole behind us to begin with. Sorry. Uh, man, what a show today. We'll get to all of that coming up in uh, in, in matter of uh, moments. It's 536 with back Steve and Dave and Rock 102. The big Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 551 and Def Leppard with back Steve and Dave and Rock 102. It is uh, going to be a nice day uh, and warm. Sunny and a high of 88 tomorrow. More of the same. It's 67 right now in downtown Springfield. Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Aqua Pump, an expert on all water supply systems from the well through the pump and into the house. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Well, guess who decided to make an appearance at the MTV Video Music Awards last night? Wasn't me. It wasn't me either. I didn't even know it was on until I read the story about it. But uh, Johnny Depp appeared at MTV's Video Music Awards last night. But it may have done more uh, to harm his career than help. Johnny showed up twice with his face superimposed inside the helmet of a CGI moon man floating over the crowd. The first time he said, quote, I needed the work. And the second time he said... I just want you guys to know that I'm available for birthdays, bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, weddings, wakes, and any old thing you need. That's fantastic. And that was it. Seriously, the floating moon man did appear over the crowd several more times throughout the show, and you kind of kept thinking Johnny would reappear and maybe do something to redeem that first bit, but that never happened. You know, I, uh, I'm ashamed to say we actually had it on for a little while last night. Mm-hmm. And the moment I started to feel like a very old man watching the VMAs, yeah, the very moment I turned over and went to sleep. Are you sure it wasn't when you realized that how are they giving video music awards for a channel that doesn't even play music videos anymore? Well, that, ir- that ironic yeah. statement was not lost to me at all. Uh, the better appearance, uh, surprise appearance, was Cheech and Chong showing up to present the Red Hot Chili Peppers with the Global Icon Award. And everybody in the building had no idea who those two guys were. Those two old Grandpa Stoner guys. What are they doing? Uh, if you didn't know, here's some other highlights from the show. If you didn't know what a black pink was before yesterday, you probably do now. They're a K-pop girl group, and they slayed with their performance of Pink Venom. Did not see it. Didn't see that one either. Again, I, uh, I rolled over too fast. Uh, Snoop smoked a joint so massive it launched him and Eminem into a virtual dimension for their performance of From the D2 to the LBC. Again, I was fast asleep by the time that happened. I missed Lizzo, who won the uh, video, f- video for Good Award and has a message for her haters. She said, quote, Bitch, I'm winning! It's bad, bitch, o'clock. Yeah. It's thick 30. Lizzo got the crowd pumped up earlier in the show with her performance of To Be Loved. 
Yeah, that's yeah. what she did. Yeah. That's what she does. I uh, accidentally uh, was, you know, I was asleep, right? And then, mm-hmm. I, and then I woke up just as uh, I believe Nicki Minaj was receiving the Vanguard Video Music Award oh. for Lifetime Achievement. Oh, Lifetime Achievement. Now, I have to tell you, I have seen my share of brilliant speeches, great oratory, mm-hmm. marvelous public speaking performances over the years. Yeah. Her acceptance. They've all been destroyed by what a brilliant what? orator she turned out to be. Well, they're saying uh, her speech got a little philosophical, if you will. Oh, it was so deep. She said, quote, I wish Whitney Houston and Michael Jackson were here. I wish people understood what they meant when they were going through. I wish people took a mental health to the city. I even the people who were living their perfect lives. When she said those things, I said to my wife, Jenny, I said, man... Never have more truer words been spoken. Yeah. And they're like, uh, what are you going to do now that you won your award? She goes, I'm going to go to the beach, beach. Let's that, go get away. That's right. And the crowd applauded yeah. so right. rigorously that I think some of them probably uh, you know, pulled a rotator cuff trying to you applaud that fast. <clears throat> she also did shout outs to Pop Smoke, Juice World, and Nipsey Hussle and some other people who have passed. She covered it all. She, I, mean, I mean, she really, truly yeah. did. It was it was a remarkable <clears throat> verbal performance. Tay-Tay. Do you know who that is? Tay-Tay? Yeah. No, I don't know who Tay-Tay is. It's Taylor is. Swift. I'm surprised it's you don't know who Tay-Tay. The, it's one of the nicknames. I never referred to her as that. Well, uh, some kids do. Tay-Tay. You know what I've always called her? What? Taylor Swift. You know why? What? Because that's her name. You know what I always called her? What? Girl with lots of money who will never give me the time of day. I've called her that, too. Yeah. Uh, she won the video of the year for All Too Well, the short film. That made her f- uh, the first artist to win the award three times and also the first one to direct their own video. In her speech, she announced that she has a brand new album coming out on October 21st. She promised to drop more details at midnight, which she did. Because in an Instagram post, she announced the album is called Midnight's. Oh, that's oh, why I'll so wait. So clever. And called it, quote, a collection of music written in the middle of the night, a journey through terrors and sweet dreams. <sighs> you know, if I weren't, uh, if, if I were a more cynical type, yeah. and you know me, that's not my way. But if I were, I would almost think that these video music awards have, uh, mm, I don't know, kind of uh, passed me by. Uh, but maybe I've aged out of all of this. I think maybe you have. I think maybe uh, I have too. I think anyone over the age of twenty probably has. I had I again. I didn't even know it was on. I don't even have MTV right now. I can't tell you the last time I turned. Oh yeah, no, I can't. The last time I turned on MTV was probably nineteen eighty nine. Uh, here's a list of offensive parts actors should never have taken. You okay, ready? Yes. My favorite movie. See Thomas Howell as Mark and Soul Man. That, that he's the voice of my generation. You're 15 years apart. Nevertheless, this movie was meant to be uh, anti-racist, but he wears blackface throughout the entire thing. Which so. basically is the very definition of racist. Yeah. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow is Rosemary in Shallow Howl. The movie was supposed to have an uh, it's what inside that counts message, but Gwyneth in a fat suit playing an obese woman kind of had the opposite effect. Which is the very definition of fat shaming. Yes. Uh, Hillary Duff is Sharon Tate in The Haunting of Sharon Tate. 
Uh, Re-imaging Sharon's murder was in bad taste because her family is still alive and didn't approve of it. Which is the very definition of bad taste. Yeah. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal as Prince Dostin in The Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. He was cast as an Iranian character. Which is Uh, the very definition of Persian. uh, Let's see. uh, Mickey Rooney as Mr. Yuniyoshi at Breakfast at Tiffany's. I don't even know how to say that. Uh, Yes, I believe that was also very uh, anti-Asian. If I'm not mistaken. You know, I'm supposed to read uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's for this book club that I'm in. <laughs> but I got to go, go find out. I got to go. Maybe I can go rent the movie if yeah. somebody hasn't taken it out already. <laughs> and that is your Hollywood Trash on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. It's time to cool off at Tim. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Benjamin Moore Paint. Cabot Stains, plus rock-solid painting advice and expertise. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, at this very moment, I have exactly $14 in my wallet. That's two fives, four ones. And while that may seem like a ton of cash to some of you people, I can assure you that it is well below what I would have needed to make a bid on a Topps 1952 Mickey Mantle baseball card. In fact, the only way my $14 could have afforded something like that is if you place that card in a shredder and set it on fire. That's because the Topps 1952 Mickey Mantle baseball card just sold at auction for the highest price ever spent on a piece of sports memorabilia in history. How much did it cost? According to reports, some dude just dropped $12.6 million on it. That obliterates the previous record set earlier this month when some other dude spent $7.2 million on a T206 Honus Wagner baseball card. Compared to the Mickey Mantle card, that T206 is total garbage. Now, if you're like me, you have a lot of questions. The most important one being, what sort of financially irresponsible dope has $12.6 million to burn on a baseball card? I have no idea. What I can tell you is that in spite of the mint condition of the card and its apparent scarcity, I would not be that guy. I'd rather spend my money on things like a place to live. Meals, utilities, school for my children. I also think that bringing a $12 million baseball card into the house would cause a lot more domestic problems than if I picked up a busload of hookers and dropped them off at the driveway. The other thing to consider is that the card is worth more than 12 times what Mickey Mantle made during his entire baseball career. Not only that, but at the time of his death in 1995, Mickey Mantle's net worth never reached that kind of money. In fact, you have any idea how many liver transplants Mickey Mantle could have received for $12.6 million? I'll tell you how many. Based upon today's high premiums, Mickey could have gotten 29.1 of them. And yet, all of that has been overshadowed because some idiot spent way too much money on a baseball card. Well, good luck with that, pal, because if I had $12.6 million, I certainly wouldn't be spending it on something like that. But hey, and if I'm yapping, sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. An ego battery-powered lawnmower so light, so maneuverable, so quiet, you can mow with one hand and make a phone call on another to make a bid on a baseball card. But then, you'd look like a dope. Ego mowers, light, quiet, gasoline-free. Get yours today at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. So that's my view from the couch. To Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 611 with back Stephen Dave and Rock 102. Uh, it is going to be pretty nice today. Uh, sunny and a high of 88. Tomorrow, 
Sunny and a high of 88. Can you imagine that? Yeah. 67 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, Dave is off all week. For those of you who are uh, who are uh, want to know where he is, uh, he is staying at uh, 557 11 Perkins Road in Agunquit. And, uh, oh, okay. Well, I guess I wanted to <laughs> go all the way up there. That's why, uh, so that's why you know yeah. exactly where he is. So there you have it. He'll be back. Uh, next week, so put that down did, on your calendar. Didn't he give the address to his apartment like two weeks ago? Too? Yes, he did. Oh, that means he's not there. He's not there, and I'm pretty sure that his <laughs> social security number that he gave out might have been phony too. One five four eight nine six one six six. Yeah, not even close. All right, not anyway. even close. Uh, big weekend over the weekend? Not really, but we had uh, we had fun at the wing thing on Saturday at the Barney Estate at Forest Park. That was a nice day. It was nice. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't mean to brag, but uh, you know, I, uh, the guy at the gate knew who I was and only charged me three dollars to park my car. Wow! Yeah, I know, huh? Three bucks. Yeah, uh, apparently uh, that's what they were charging everybody. But uh, yeah, he. Uh, Wait a minute, they charged you? No, actually, they didn't. <laughs> I just don't want to get the guy in trouble. Well, yeah, but I think we were allowed in there. When you have an event at the Barney Estate, you don't have to pay. If you're saying I'm going to an event there, they don't make you pay. I know. I'm just. Uh, I just didn't want to get the guy in trouble in case he was actually doing me a solid. Then I realized, you know, he wasn't really doing me that much of a solid. Yeah. Because I had my three dollars in my hand. Yeah. And I said, you know what? I'm not gonna go to the front of Forest Park. Yeah. And tell whoever is at the gate. Excuse me. I'm Bax from Rock 102, soon to be Hall of Fame broadcaster. Yeah, uh, I'm sure we can waive this three dollar charge. First of all, uh, it was a woman, and secondly, um, I don't think she's ever listened to this show, uh, no matter how many years well, she's been in the area. When I got in, it was a dude, and the dude mm-hmm. let me go. That was very kind of him. I was able to take my three dollars. And put it in my pocket. See, I pulled up to the window, and she was like, oh, Steve Nagel. Well, come right in. You didn't even have to stop, friend. <laughs> she did. <laughs> but did that's, you? That's but so I, you didn't have to spend your $3 either? No, I didn't. Wow. I just, I just uh, walked right in, sat right down, and Daddy let my wing mind go long. Now, did you come through the Longmeadow entrance or through the Sumner, Park, uh, Sumner Avenue entrance? Oh, you see, that's the difference. Ah. I came in the back door, if you know I, what I'm I saying. I bet you that's did. That's the kind of way I like to do things. I went through Sumner Avenue, yeah. you know, the main gate. Because mm-hmm. uh, otherwise I would have... You know, like parked along like Dickinson Street and walked in. Yeah, but I, every time I walk into the park, I have a hard time finding my way back to the car. So yeah, just better just to go right to the Barney Estate and perch myself there. And you got there just before noon, so yeah, uh, you probably saw all the homeless people waking up in the park. I did. In fact, I woke a few of them up myself, just <laughs> laid on the horn, said, hey, come on, get up there, Raggy. You were playing Oklahoma, oh, what a beautiful morning on your radio as you drive through the park. Always do. There you go. You Always come right up. do. Uh, I got to tell you, the uh, the boneless wings were my favorite. The uh, the garlic parmesan. Those are good. And then the, the milanese. I don't even know what that is. What is milanese? But it tasted good. Um, milanese is a, uh, I, I think there's like a balsamic thing in it. Do you not know what that is? So my wife orders like a milanese salad all the time. But and, and you still don't know what it is. But it's it's like uh, yeah, it's like it's got greens and and like a balsamic glaze on it. And usually there's chicken, and and that's and I assume that's what it was. Yeah, I think that I think you're exactly right. Yeah, there you go. Wow, see, 
Oh, I was just trying to, you know, because you sound like no, you're I see pretending what you're to, to know what I you're saying. I see what you're trying to do. Right? It's I okay mean, to say to, I don't know what it is. You ask me a question, I try to yeah. answer it. All of a sudden, you spend the next 15 minutes punching holes in it. Well, because that's what we do here. And you're also used to working with me. That's true. <laughs> that's true. No, those those um, were good. I, I like, uh, you put Gorgonzola on anything, and I'm hooked. Yeah. I, I don't, you could put it on a, on a piece of wood. I'll still eat the Gorgonzola right off the wood. I got this recipe uh, for this Gorgonzola cheese bread. Yes. It's so, so good. Oh, do tell. It's like, uh, it's Gorgonzola cheese, and then you melt it with butter and cream in a pan, in a, mm-hmm. like a saucepan. You melt the crap out of it. And then you 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 basically uh, well first you brush the big loaf of bread like a big Italian loaf of bread you cut it in half and you yeah. split it open and then you dust it with butter like just kind of lightly yeah. you know, at the edge and then um, you take uh, the gorgonzola cheese sauce and then you spread it all over the thing oh and then God. you Jesus. put it in the oven for like three fifty and then you, like, you crisp it up a little bit yeah but you put some extra cheese on it once the once the gorgonzola mm-hmm. kind of melts into the bread then you take like a any kind of oh, cheese you want. God. I recommend uh, like a Munster cheese or a... Munster? Yeah. That's unusual. Well, because it's got a nice, like, it doesn't have like a heavy flavor to it. Mm-hmm. And it's like a nice little perfect uh, bubble at the top. Oh, my God. I'm getting hungry now. Why you do this? You know, I, uh, I'm i I'm with you on that. You ever have the steak a la Max at Max's? Yes. I do that at home. And it's wicked good with the gorgonzola sauce on it. Yeah. If I, it, it, I'll just put like a little bit on the steak and then I'll grab myself like a coffee mug. Yeah. And I'll pour the rest of the, uh, the gorgonzola in the coffee mug. Yeah. That's my beverage for the night. Oh, that's nice. Oh, yeah. That's delicious. Nice, yeah. Yeah, it's good. Butter, nice. cream, cheese, shallots. Shallot. Love. Jean shallots. Yes, actually. They have little mustaches must, on like them. Little and, mustache yeah. whiskers glasses. in there. Yeah. Looks like Dave Ratner, but with dark hair. It's the movie of the season. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then after that, uh, I went to, uh, I went to where, where, so I went to where, where, so I went to where after the, where I know the who's on first thing. I get it. Uh, so I, I, I went out there, uh, and cause I was invited to a party. My girlfriend invited my, my, me and my girls to this, this party it was like a, like a big barbecue. Like uh, these folks that uh, that that run it, okay, are like uh, like they're known throughout town. Like the, it's a, the, it's not like a sanctioned event, but it, it seems to have become this thing that's been going on for many years, like this big uh, fish fry thing or something. They call gotcha. It. That was a, that was a nice time too. The weather was perfect for that out there. We want up <laughs> not doing a whole hell of a lot. I got to tell you, it's kind of nice. Yeah, you know, like, like we didn't go to Vermont. Well, you know, Jenny went to Vermont to, with her mom, but it's like, you know, I, I didn't go because I had a, like a, a, a yeah. an interview to record mm-hmm. yesterday, and then uh, and then the wing thing on Saturday. My my so weekend was shot. You were by yourself all weekend? Uh, no, not all weekend. Mm-hmm. I mean, but uh, yesterday for a good period of time, I was all by myself. Look at you. Yeah, yeah. No, I listen. I'm a big kid now. I can I can actually fend for myself. Somebody. I know know how to get along. Somebody doesn't need to know where you are twenty four hours a day. I know. Isn't How's that, that? kind of nice? How about that? Oh man, it's like I've just you know, it's, I've I've shed my skin. What, what's it like not being interrupted during the middle of a pleasurable golf game of golf or uh, or uh, maybe or, a dinner or or be at a at a bar with a friend and about yeah. to put my beer to my lips and say you're not gonna believe what just happened. I'm like okay, I gotta go. So uh, you had some time to yourself then. 
I did. Well, I mean, I was I was working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was you know recording an interview, editing, putting it all together yeah. for uh, for today. I'll tell you more about that one uh, a little bit later. But uh, yeah, that was that was like my whole day. That mm-hmm. took uh, a few hours. Um, so yeah, that's that was the whole weekend. But the wing thing was like the only time I actually went out in public, and what public it was. Good yeah. food. Good times, very nice day, which is wonderful. It's really uh, cool to see people getting back out again and like doing things and like being out at concerts and, and events like this. And well, and, uh, like Friday night, for example, you know, you had you had rain all afternoon. You know, heavy, heavy rain. I'm thinking, man, that uh, that concert series at MGM. There's no way that's going to fly. Yeah, it went off. They did it. Yeah, they and and had a, you know, a big fat crowd as you would expect every trailer trash show. Would be. They had a great crowd there in spite of what the weather had been two hours before. Pretty cool. People, that is pretty cool. People are willing to brave the weather now, which is like, an, you know, to me, that's that, that kind of says something. It's one thing to go out and be amongst other people. But, you know, in a pandemic, it's like if, if you can come up with like a like a tiny excuse not to do something. Yeah. You take it. Right. Now, that tiny excuse, people say, eh. Come on. Just let's a little bit on. of rain. Hasn't rained in an hour. Let's go. Well, you know, you get, uh, I got friends who are like, I think I might have been exposed to COVID. I'm like, well, everybody's being exposed to COVID now. Like, we go anywhere. I mean, you really, it's not like you're wearing masks again and you're not, like, you know, doing all that stuff. You're, you're. Yeah. And trailer trash isn't really like your, your monkey pox type of crowd. I would beg to differ. <laughs> <laughs> trailer trash, Maybe nice bunch of guys. Know. I'm yeah. just saying, yeah. uh, I don't know. I think you're mischaracterizing the. <laughs> They're fans. Uh, real quick, though, I know, because uh, I can talk about this because he made it public. Scott Cohen's not going to be in here today yeah. because his mother passed away over the weekend, 92 years old. So he writes us a text message over the weekend, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is Saturday. <laughs> this shows you how sensitive yeah. the two of us can be. Well, this is uh, this is Saturday at 425 p.m. He writes you and me. You and me yep. Uh Hey, guys, I'm in Texas. My mom's uh, walking the final miles. Going to need to take a pass on Monday. Talk soon. And then you chime in with, oh, man, I'm sorry to hear that. Hope you're okay. And I said, sorry, buddy. You know, because we, we've been talking about this for weeks. And it's it's all, it sucks. It doesn't matter who it is, you know, how old they were or whatever. No. It's still your parents. It's still your mom. It's still, you know, yeah. she died. But it's also a little more understandable when they're 92 years old who lived a very long and good, hearty life. Good long haul. And then when I, that was at 4.33, I said, sorry, buddy. And then at 5.10 p.m., he texts, thanks, guys. She just passed Incredible Run 92. You write, so sorry, Scott. And I write, so I guess this means you can still do the segment on Monday, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then he told me I'm going straight to hell. <laughs> But see, this is what friends yeah, are for. I know. And, you know, it, it's, and he laughed. He did laugh. He did. At la- it. I would he listen. Did laugh. I don't make jokes to people I know they can't take, and I know he could have taken that one. Again, it's not like you know. I, I'm still. I still feel sympathy for him that he lost his mom, but yeah. she was 92. He understood that. I mean, eventually, that's, I mean, that's a good long life. To, Absolutely. To live. So our, our condolences but, to, to Scott and his family. But I'm so sensitive. 
Yes, you yeah. are. Well, I mean, why couldn't he come on the air right now? <laughs> what are you going to do? Because he's grieving. Yeah, but she died Saturday afternoon. It's like, what are you doing now? He's like, still grieving. He's not grieving. He's going to be grieving for several days. Yes, grieving in the form of a martini, well, just like the tattoo he has on his wrist. <laughs> well, that's how he copes. It's 623 with Pax, Steve, and Dave and Rock 102. You know you want it. You don't have to wait. While the Classic Rock at 629. And Tom Petty with back Stephen Dave and Rock 102. Uh, Going to be a really nice day today. Uh, sunny with a high of 88. Tomorrow, more of the same. It is 67 right now in downtown Springfield. And, uh, oh, you know what? Here's the thing. I got to go back. We do this uh, Today I Learn thing. Yeah. And then he's, Dave has the thing in his All right. section. And I think, uh. I think I got it. I th- okay. I, I think I think I got it. Okay. Uh, give it a give it a shot. Uh, hang on a second. Okay. Let me see. Hey, did we did we uh, try this out in rehearsals? We didn't really do rehearsals. What is that? John's truck. No, no, no. That's no. my that's my PC. Don't put okay. that up. All right. That one I won't put up. God, this place is falling apart without Coombs here. Jesus. <laughs> Ready? Yes. And now it's time for Today I Learned with back Stephen Dave on Rock 102. Today the thing you learned is where everything's at when Coombs isn't here. You know what? Why did you have to ruin that for me? Oh, did we? was that what you were going to do? I was going to say uh, all the things that don't work when Dave do Coombs it, is it, here. Start it again. Right, start ready? it again. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be quiet. And now it's time for Today I Learned. With back Stephen Dave on Rock 102. Today I learned uh, that when Dave Coombs isn't here, I have to scramble around and find audio to play the intro for. And that is today I learned with back Stephen Dave on Rock 102, and it's not sponsored, so it doesn't really matter. I thought my delivery was a little bit more convincing. Well. Maybe if I had done it first, you wouldn't have ruined it. <laughs> Didn't mean to ruin it, anything. Yeah. All right. Now, wait a minute. Coming up in the news, news on Rock 102. <laughs> I certainly know what it's like to want to be the do-it-yourself homeowner where you fix everything around your house, but some things are just a little too complicated for me. Sure, I can handle a light bulb or a door lock, but if there's water gushing from my basement... I definitely need to call the experts, and the experts are Aquapump. They're the experts on all water supply systems. They install, service, and repair well pumps and tanks for all wells and carry a complete line of submersible and jet pumps, water filters, and supplies. They also specialize in treating contaminated water. So do it once and do it right. Find out more at Aquapump.com, only in Stafford, Connecticut. Leotoyota Wilbraham is the area's leader in pre-owned and certified pre-owned Toyotas. We are currently pulling inventory from all 22 Leo locations. Choose from hundreds of RAV4s, Camrys, Highlanders, Tacomas, and more. And at Leotoyota Wilbraham, all pre-owned vehicles include a two-year complimentary maintenance package. As always, instant credit approval is only a click away. All credit applications will be accepted. Everyone drives at Leotoyota Wilbraham. 2145 Boston Road or 24-7 at Leotoyota Wilbraham. Are you ready to reduce your home's heating and hot water energy use? You can't stop frigid temperatures, but you can make your home more comfortable this winter and lower your energy use with a System 2000 by Energy Kinetics. And now is the perfect time to have one installed in your home. Whether you have oil, propane, or gas, the Made in the USA System 2000 is the most efficient and quiet system on the market and can be easily fuel converted down the road. Google System 2000 and have a local authorized dealer perform an energy savings analysis on your home and receive a free quote. Energy Kinetics, making winters warm and 
and affordable since 1979. Come to the 18th Annual Hope Against Hunger Auction on Monday, September 12th from 5 to 7 p.m. at the Hawks and Reed Performing Arts Center in Greenfield to support the Franklin County Community Meals Program. Enjoy a cash bar, music, and delicious appetizers while placing your bids on live and silent auction items. Tickets are $15 in advance or $20 at the door and can be purchased online at hawksandreed.com or in person. That's Monday, September 12th at Hawks and Reed. Remember, you can get your tickets online at hawksandreed.com or in person. 633. We're back, Stephen, Dave, and Rock 102. It's time for news, and it's brought to you by Serview Locksmith. They got a key for that, St. James Avenue in Springfield, or servulocksmith.com. It's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Ooh, ooh, I haven't done that in a while. I know. It's ah. been, been a long time since I've been able to uh, introduce a news guy like that. One day of this, back in the day. Yeah, <laughs> and now you got a whole week. Uh, thank you, Bax. You're welcome, Steve. A total of nine people were arrested Thursday afternoon in an undercover anti-John operation by the Springfield Police Department. I believe we ran one of those campaigns here, too. Yeah, but the, not, we didn't have to do it nine times. <laughs> the operation was led by Captain Brian Keenan with assistance from Springfield Police, the Mass State Police High Risk Victim and Gang Unit, and members of the Mass State Police Hamden County Detective Unit in the south end uh, of the city on Thursday. Police conducted the operation uh, due to recent complaints from neighbors about solicitation of prostitution, the nine men were all arrested within a four-hour operation by undercover officers. Nine guys in four hours? That's pretty damn good. You know what's most troublesome about this story? So 22 News posted a picture of eight of the nine dudes <laughs> arrested. I assume that the one who was uh, underage was not put into this, into this, uh, into this thing here. But I can't help but think that this looks very much like the opening of the Brady Bunch. And the guy in the middle is your Alice. Is that uh, Mr. Maskell? It could be. Is that yes, the uh, that's Mr. Mas- Maskell. Yeah, he's uh, he's like 59 years old. He's from West Springfield. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the thing. It's like uh, nine guys in four hours. Seemingly, you would be around for at least seeing one of those arrests. Or people on the street would be like, hey, man, don't go over there. That's uh, the five zero is right there. You don't want to get involved with them. I would uh, I would like to know whether I mean, how uh, this sting operation uh, was conducted, not because I'm, I'm looking to be critical of the cops. I just want to know, you know, <laughs> what you have is nine dudes. Mm-hmm. They all got a few bucks in their pocket. Looking for a good time, all kind of feeling a little notion, like you know they've all got that uh, that gleam in their eye. Like yeah. all it would take would be one woman to walk behind a dumpster, and I would be willing to spend my money on all of that and more. Hey, where'd you get that money? Well, I uh, stole some brass rails off the front of City Hall, and I uh, <laughs> traded them in at a junkyard, and I uh, got this money, and ipso fatso, here I am. And now uh, I'm feeling horny. Is that so bad? I'm here for the South End Handy Special, please. Now, the guy on the top, uh, this Mr. Uh, Armaro, I think it is, mm-hmm. is he wearing, I don't know if this is, if I'm um, seeing this right, it looks like... That fluorescent green striping that you would find on, say, like, uh, like a smock at a uh, construction site, or yes. like a, a, a road detail. Yeah, like he, like he had like a few minutes of a break, and he decided, you know what, I'm going to go behind the dumpster and see what's going on behind there. And then, boom! All of a sudden, he's off for the rest of the day. Yeah, that's that could be uh, how it played out for him. Just saying. 
Uh, police in Springfield responded to an accident involving a person on a bike and a pedestrian Saturday night. Involving a person on a bike and pedestrian. So the person was on a bike and a pedestrian? The bike was eventually on the pedestrian, yes. I don't understand how that's written. It's written poorly, but yeah. apparently this kid was on a bike, he hit a guy, and then the guy he hit was injured. Uh, the incident happened just after 9 p.m. on Chestnut Street. When Western Mass News crews arrived on the scene, they saw a portion of Chestnut Street blocked off. Whoa. Whoa. Are you uh, what we saw in from 22 News? That sounds exactly what, the what they crew, saw. Yeah. And now Western Mass News is doing the whole uh, what we saw thing? Well, it works so well for 22 News, even though they say we're not 22. Well, you're certainly acting like it. <laughs> well, what did you see when you got there? Well, we saw the road blocked off. And then 22 is like, yeah, well, we saw an ambulance. And people being scraped up off the road. It was crazy. Wouldn't it be funny if Western Mass News did a new feature, What We Saw 22 Do? Yes. Yes. <laughs> to me, that would be a great feature for them. Uh, well, it could. all they could say, What We Saw, and it would be Barry Krieger holding up one of those uh, awards. This is the real award. <laughs> Not... Not the fake award that you've received for years. He uh, he gets really upset about that stuff. Well, he takes it personally, and why shouldn't he? All the all those why years, should he? I mean, like, all those years where he's probably told to say, "Hey, Barry, don't say anything publicly about their award." Now he finally can say publicly. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Force then, him into a retirement? And now he, but now his rants like are like an old man yelling at the clouds. <laughs> Damn you, Western Mass News! I'll get you one day. I love when Barry will send you like a like a like yeah. a story, and uh, like there's some misspellings or grammatical errors mm-hmm. in it, and he'll like he he will literally become the grammar police yeah. in his retirement. Well, he sends me he sends me clips like video clips of the uh, of the anchors effing up, like on the weekend. Yeah, get a load of this one. And it, like, it's, <laughs> you know, it's somebody mispronouncing something. Or, I could pronounce that town in my with my eyes closed. Well, it was uh, it was the one that uh, Sloppy Nuts Hornblower had last week. Jordan Jagelinzer. Oh, with, uh, uh, Gilbert Godfried. Godfried. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, you know, that's that's. They're young kids. They don't know. Like, like she, like like she would have any idea who Gilbert Godfried was. She probably would. She's eighteen years old for crying out loud. Hey, uh, did you go to the big rally in Palmer last night? Damn it, I missed it. A rally went a rally went underway. Is that how you say that? Uh, went underway. No, I would say like a rally was underway. Yeah. Anyway, uh, a rally went underway in Palmer Sunday night for residents who support the return of a rail stop in town. Scarlett Lamoth, owner of the Steaming Tender, said it's been an ongoing restoration project and our ultimate goal is to have train service here once again. So it's actually going to be used as a train station? Uh, that would be kind of cool. It has all you have all the platform, you have the whole thing right there. True. And you still have that old building. You'd probably need to build another wing. Now you got the restaurant in that whole big section there. You can build another little wing off the side of it. Does that mean it's going to take uh, I'm going to have to wait for a table? Why would you have to wait for a table? Well, if you got people traveling through Palmer, I got to believe that's going to be a very popular stop. Well, the steaming tender. You, I mean, the steaming tender is a great place. Yeah. 
you know, yeah. and, uh, and, and beautiful inside. Uh, they go on to say that the steaming tender, in fact, was once the town's train station, and people have been advocating for much of their lives to bring back rail service. See, this is the thing that gets me. You've spent most of your life hoping that an Amtrak will stop in Palmer. Right. That's saying a lot about your dedication to that town. <laughs> You've spent your entire life trying to get an opportunity to get out of Palmer. Yeah. That's that is really saying something, isn't it? Rather than just you know you know walk on a Route 20 and heading to Wilbraham. It, that's true. Uh, Lamoth also said it's exciting because it's been in the works for a long, long, long time. My father worked on it ever since he bought the building, and I know a lot of people look forward to that. It's been almost 50 years since we've seen passenger service in the area. You know, it's funny. You see, like um, like if you read the history books, because I've read the history of the town of Huntington, they used to have. Uh, the rail stopped there. Like in Huntington, they, they stopped it all. Yeah, because that was the way. That was the main source of transportation before you know modern uh, machines came around, like yeah. vehicles and whatnot. Because like it that. really advanced up there. They also had, and this is what, like, I really want to find out more about this. The trolley system. They had a trolley system within the hill towns. They did. Like you could go to from Russell to Blanford and all. Yeah, and apparently and. I've seen some of the trails, like they're in the woods. You can tell that there were, you know, it looked, yeah. it looks like there was a path of some sort of vehicular type of thing here, and no obviously it was a, it's a train. So I'd really like to find out more about that. I'd like to be the town historian. Yeah, yeah, you'd for, be great at that for about five minutes till I find out the information I need, and then I can leave. Then I won't have to be there anymore. That, that's probably for the best. Otherwise, people are gonna be asking you all kinds of questions about Huntington history. Who wants to know about Huntington history? Well, there's got to be somebody. <laughs> it's always nice to know where you live and uh, what was there, like, uh, in your neighborhood, you know? Yeah, I, I suppose. I mean, I, I at one point, like, the Hamden House was a casino. Did you know that? Really? Yeah, if you go to the men's room, there's a picture of it. It, sh- it shows, it says a casino. Not if it was like a, you know, blackjack type of pie gow casino i don't know if they had like a you know an all-you-could-eat buffet and uh, or anything like that but it was at one point considered a casino that's interesting says it right there in the bathroom well there's a place up in uh beckett called the dream away lodge you ever hear of that no you should look into that because that's uh you know especially you're doing all these music things that used to be a brothel and Bob Dylan used to play there all the time. At a brothel? At a brothel. Bob and, Dylan. Uh, yeah, and then they'd have uh, like Arlo Guthrie and all, all them uh, all them folks go up to this place and uh, and do performances. And brothel shows. Yeah, and it's this uh, it's this really cool like it's an old house. It's it's an old boarding house hmm. basically, and it's like like you feel like you're in somebody's living room when you're in there, <laughs> and you're eating dinner on the side porch. Like it, it, you feel like you're at somebody's house. It's yeah. actually a really cool place. And then outside, they got this whole like, you know, uh, yard games and 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 um, like uh, fire pits and stuff like that. Pretty well, neat. We're learning a lot here today. Well, don't you want to take a nice ride out to the Berkshires with your wife someday and maybe go to the Dream Away Lodge? Uh, Maybe. Which I don't even know is still open. I mean, it's my memory of 10 years ago. We love going back to abandoned buildings. Uh, You got married, uh, what, 2019? 2019. 2019. Yes. You got married. Uh, Now, on your honeymoon, uh, uh, did you call a prostitute? No. Well, Believe it or not, there was no need to do that. 
uh, a 34-year-old man in Florida named Paul Trevusky was arrested on his honeymoon after he answered an ad for a prostitute. On his honeymoon? Yeah. He left his new bride sleeping in their hotel room and went out to meet a prostitute he connected with online at a hotel. But instead, he was caught in a sting operation by local police, very much like the one we just talked about. Jesus. To crack down on sex trafficking, he was cuffed and taken to the station. In all, 176 men were arrested in that operation. That was a big one. That's a big sting. Right. The sheriff joked, The only question here is, as a wedding guest, was it too late to get the gifts they gave returned back to them? That was going to be my next question. What? Where the gifts go? Yeah, I mean, can I? Yeah, can I return this blender? Uh, you can't return it once you give it. (sighs) Yeah, but but if I got a year to give you a gift, and I didn't give you a gift on the Hmm. wedding night. Or uh, no. at the at the wedding itself, or yeah. the shower that you're absolved, you're Good. absolved from. You don't have to give a gift after you found out that information. What about if I give cash? Can I ask for the cash back? No. Jeez. If you gave it before they made their vows, you uh, you were under the assumption that they were going to be living happily ever after. Even if there's a bail <laughs> hearing, even if there's a bail hearing, that would seem you. like an inappropriate place for my wedding gift to go. Uh, so yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's probably not going to be married for very long. Oh, he's got lots of explaining to do. What a short, short, uh, nuptial. Uh, (laughs) Absolutely. How, 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 how how long were you married? Uh, five hours. (laughs) Your Pioneer Valley forecast. I really thought it would last. Your Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be sunny and a high of 88. Tomorrow, more of the same. It's 67 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 654 and Van Halen with Max, Steve, and Dave and Rock 102. Nice days today and tomorrow. High of 88. It's 67 right now in downtown Springfield. And also 654 at Rock 102. Time for Rock 102 to recognize another mass hat. Going below and beyond other humans in the pursuit of stupidity, incompetence, and embarrassment. If you want to crown them, then crown their ass. Here's today's mass hat. All right. You know, we do this every day. We do this every day. Yes. And I give him crap for, for how come the mass hat's never from Massachusetts. I've kind of figured out why. Why? Because there's more stories out of Florida. You know, with people acting like jerks. Right. But sometimes we don't even do things that would require somebody to be crowned an idiot. You know what I mean? Like, there's, sure. there's some things that he, uh, he uh, Dave gives awards to, these Mass Hat Awards, to mm-hmm. people who don't seemingly you know, aren't Mass Hats. Are, are, you, are you suggesting that he might not be the right one to judge? Yeah. It's not even that he might not be the right one to judge. I think he's having a hard time finding people from Massachusetts who are. I mean, there's a lot of mass hats oh around here. I mean, they were all mass hats. They just the, arrested nine of them the, end, the other day. That's right. And there's more, but they're you know down south. You know, that's where you probably get more well, of, more of the assets. It is fertile ground. You got to admit. Uh, so this one isn't really a bad thing at all. This is actually kind of cool. But the guy's local, so we're gonna do it. Okay. Uh, Truck drivers uh, compete in part on courses measuring their ability to get close to, but without touching obstacles. And for at least the last couple of years, the national competition has used 12-inch rubber ducks as obstacles. This guy, Ron Bolduck from East Longmeadow, he's a truck driver for FedEx out of Windsor Locks. Sure. 
he went to this competition uh, for these uh, the 85th National Truck Driving and Step Van Driving Championships. Sounds fantastic. Last week at his industry's Super Bowl of Safety, hosted in Indianapolis. Like I said, he drives for FedEx in the, at the facility in Windsor Locks. It was the first full-scale in-person national competition for truckers since the COVID-19 pandemic hit in 2020. This guy uh, crowned Bendix Grand Champion at the 85th National Truck Driving Championships. Fantastic. He, he had to go in and out of little rubber duckies, 12-inch rubber duckies on the obstacle. Wow. Yeah. What does he uh, what does he win becoming the grand champion? Uh I believe he just gets this nice big trophy of a guy dri- It's like a crash test dummy driving a driving with a steering wheel in front of him. Wow. That's good. what it kind of looks like. Good for him. Yeah, nice congratulations, Ron Bulldog of East Longmeadow. Uh, you Ron. are the rubber duck uh, avoiding champion. And he even says, and wouldn't you know it, the highest points are 18 inches from the duck's bill. Interesting. Isn't it? Wow, I tell you what. This is, uh, I mean, he's no mass hat. He's a mass hero. He's a, He's the second time grand champion. Wow. Yeah. Is he back to back? Uh, I don't think it was back to back. All right. Well, yeah, because they but had still, the, the pandemic yeah. interrupted the whole. He thing. won. He won it back in 2017. All right. He's also a 16 times state champion. Jesus, this guy can't lose. Wow. It's like uh, you know, you you get in his truck and Jerry reads on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He's bound down, loaded up, and trucking. We're going to avoid these little rubber duckies on the road. <laughs> well, congratulations, Ron Boldick. He is our mascot for today. There you go. Which so, isn't a... Yeah, I didn't know if there was an nah, there's no exit to it. It's uh, 658 with Bax, Stephen, Dave, and Rock 102. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Benjamin Moore Paint, Cabot Stains, plus rock-solid painting advice and expertise. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, it's always been my belief that if you're getting a tattoo in your body, you should fully consider, one, what you're getting, where it's going to go, and whether you're getting a tattoo in a clean environment. Oh, sure. Getting a tattoo behind a dumpster may seem like a cost-effective way of expressing your individuality, but is it really the best option? I would say no, but I'm not all sleeved up. I'm just an impossibly indecisive man who would be paralyzed by the first two considerations. And yet, there are some people who simply don't really care until something gross happens. And among those people would include Yankees reliever Araldos Chapman. On Saturday, Yankees manager Aaron freaking Boom, uh, Boone confirmed that Chapman would be replaced on injured reserve for the second time this season. The first time he missed 35 games because of an injured Achilles tendon, this time placed on injured reserve after developing a horrifying infection that said he received after receiving a tattoo on his right leg. Now, while Chapman is getting pumped full of all kinds of infection-fighting antibiotics, it'll take him at least 15 days before he's allowed to return to the field. Now, I don't know much about these sorts of infections. I don't know what sort of toxic landfills were nearby. I don't know if the needles are being soaked in a disinfecting vat of barnyard runoff. I don't even know what sort of disfiguring infection the man is dealing with. All I know is that if you're developing a 15-day infection, you're either not taking care of your tattoo or the guy that gave you the tattoo isn't taking care of the stuff he used to give you that tattoo. 
I would have also taken into consideration that uh, the fact that perhaps tattoos are best left for the offseason and not five weeks before the playoffs. Because you see, your participation in those playoffs might just become necessary. And that might be hard to do when you're nursing an infected wound. But hey, another my yapping. Sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm looking at the Craftsman 9 gallon wet dry vac. 80 bucks with your Ace Rewards card. You're looking through the Rockies app, you'll find a great savings there. Plus, you can see the sales flyer at Rockies.com or pick up a flyer right there at any one of their locations. What's on sale at Rockies? It's always at your fingertips at Rockies Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. It's Classic Rock. It's 713 and free. We're back, Stephen, Dave, and Rock 102. Going to be uh, not too bad of a day today. Partly cloudy with a high of 89 tomorrow. Partly cloudy with a high of 88. It is 69 giggity in downtown Springfield. Uh, Scott Cohen is not joining us today. Uh, as we told you earlier, his uh, his mother died at the age of 92. So we uh, we extend our condolences to him and his family and uh, and hope that he can return for next week. Which I uh, still don't understand why he can't do the segment this morning. Well, there's only so much uh, a man can do, Steve. You know what? Uh, you have free time on your hands. No, actually, you don't. You well, have uh, a lot of grieving to handle. But his mother died on Saturday. It's now Monday. Uh, the funeral home doesn't open for at least another hour. So why wouldn't you just come in and do the segment? Gee, I don't know, Steve. It took you a yeah. while to come back to work. Uh, so that's I, different. Know, I mean, that's I mean, different. That's a lot different. <laughs> that's a lot different. I'm talking about even when your mom died. It's an op- you the next day off. Actually, I didn't. I took one day off for that. That was it. One day off. All right. Okay. Because my mother uh, would want me... To continue on with my life. Your mother would have wanted you to take out right. the trash. That's what she would have wanted. Yeah, I still don't do that. The dog takes care of that for me. No kidding. He just takes it out all over the floor. <laughs> Unpopular opinion, yeah. I would say, about wanting to come back to work. Well, I uh, there's this whole subreddit on Reddit called Unpopular Opinion. Okay. And they got all these things on here of like people spouting things off and then, and then other people argue with them, which is, you know- there's nothing better than an internet argument you're never going to win. Oh, I know. I know. I, uh, I've actually, yeah, well, we'll go on ahead and, uh, and, and throw out some uh, po- unpopular opinions. Well, I'll, uh, I'll tell you what's been going on on my Facebook page. Like, s- some of them aren't even, like, that unpopular. Like, uh, Pringles are crappy chips. Well, duh. They're not, like, good. They're, like, a snack that you eat when you don't have your regular snack that you can't eat. Pringles are the kind of thing that you buy when you say, oh, man, it's been so long since I've had Pringles. And you get them, and then you finish the whole tube, and you say, I probably would have been better off with a whole bag of chips. Yes. Yes. Right? A whole bag of chips is way better that actually have potatoes in them. It's kind of like buying munchos. You ever have yeah. munchos? You buy munchos, you get a bag of munchos, and the first thing out of your in your mind is, why did I grab the munchos yeah. when I could have grabbed some delicious potato chips instead? I never liked those at all. No. I like I Pringles, but I'm not. I want to try the Pringles from the United Kingdom. They got different flavors. I have a friend who is uh, who's from uh, like the Manchester area yeah. over there, and he said, and him and his wife went there to visit his family, and they said like everything is all the ingredients in the stuff like they have this a lot of the same stuff here, but it's like natural ingredients. It's not this hydrogenated. Crap oil or whatever they do to make a Pringle. <laughs> That's because our our government would be more than happy to poison us. Yeah, right. I think yeah, I think all all Pringles are are just mushed up crumbs from Mister Pringles' mustache. <laughs> 
<laughs> they're, yeah, they're, I mean, they're dehydrated potato flakes. Yeah. All in, a, all in the same shape. Pushed together. Terrible. Uh, let's see. Kraft Singles is the superior cheese for cheeseburgers. And this guy goes on to make a statement about how uh, I can't eat a cheeseburger without Kraft Single being on top of it. I don't. I'm 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 not with that guy on this one. I would definitely eat a hamburger with Kraft Singles on it, but that's not my preference of cheese. No, my preference of cheese is a sharp cheddar sliced. I'm with you, particularly a Boar's Head brand. Very good. Yeah, sliced thin. That's why you add two slices yeah. of cheese. I only buy Kraft Singles when I forgot to buy cheese and then have to run down to the convenience store to buy cheese for yeah. the burgers. So. How about, uh, or as a, if you wear Louis Vuitton or Gucci or anything like that, I assume you're as dumb as F. <laughs> I kind of agree with that. Yeah, if you spent that much on a bag, sure. Uh, people who live in states with droughts should not be allowed to have lawns. I kind of agree with that. I mean, well, there's, I mean, that's why a lot of states have those, you know, those water restrictions. Yeah, but you see uh, the people who have the greenest grasses out there in California, like right. Kim Kardashian and uh, uh, who was the other one? It was Kevin Hart, I think, had a nice green lawn. Yeah, they're like 300% over the allotted amount for, for water yeah. usage. And you're not supposed to be using the water, but yet people are doing it anyway. You shouldn't be even allowed to have the lawn. Yeah. yeah. You want to talk about unpopular opinions. A couple mm-hmm. like uh, last week. I started doing something on the uh, Baxi's Musical Fun Bag uh, Facebook page. Yeah, where I uh, I started like a like a feature where I would call us you know stuff that I unapologetically love mm-hmm. and stuff that I unapologetically hate. Yeah, ironically enough, the stuff I hate yeah has been very controversial. Really? Yeah, which I wouldn't have thought. So, for example, the first album I. I I hated wasn't so much an album. It was just any music released by Jimmy Buffett. I don't think that's uh, that's so so crazy. But I got filleted by this one guy. He's like, you're not even offering a reason. I don't, do you need a reason to have an opinion? Do you have to justify my opinion? Have you ever had an argument with a parrot head? Yeah, and it's it's always ends the same way. Those people are like way into that stuff. Oh, I know. And if you like say anything anything even remotely offensive yeah about jimmy buffett right they will go uh they will go full volcano on you well then let me uh, that's when the volcano is gonna blow well let me read what i wrote stuff that i unapologetically uh, unapologetically hate it's hard to just single out just one jimmy buffett record i happen to hate all of them sorry <laughs> parrot heads but your best effort to change my oh. mind will go undaunted Pure garbage. Oh, you're not going to be invited to the Labor Day weekend show. So then, yesterday, I posted another uh, another uh, thing uh, that I unapologetically hate, and I got even, uh, I pissed off even more people. Uh, the thing that I uh, unapologetically hate was the Eagles' greatest hits. I hate the effing Eagles, man. Exactly my point. Yeah. I said, apart from Hotel California, the rest of the Eagles' entire canon of work makes my ass itch. I don't like when that happens, and while I may be completely alone on this one, it does nothing for me. Maybe it's the faux country thing. Maybe it's because I've played the Eagles no less than five billion times on the radio. Or maybe it's just that there are so many other classic rock artists that I'd rather hear first. Of course, I do own a copy of this record, but I swear it was given to me by someone who didn't want it, who didn't like it that much either. Right. To quote the dude, I had a rough night, and I hate the effing Eagles, man. Hotel California, you actually like that song? 
No, I didn't say I like it. What did you say? But I can tolerate the Hotel California album. Why that one out of all the Eagles songs? Because everything before that is yeah. all that country, you know, it's kind of like a cross between country and yacht rock all at the same oh, time. Oh, like Seven Bridges Road and yeah. all those. Uh... And, and even people say, you don't like Seven Bridges Road? Nah, sorry, dude. Yeah. And, like, and Peaceful Easy Feeling gives me hives. I like uh, Take It to the Limit. That's my favorite Eagles song. Yeah. And then all the rest of them are just garbage. The best thing about the Eagles is Joe Walsh. I, I have no problem with Joe Walsh whatsoever. Well, maybe Heartache Tonight. I don't know. I like that one. See? Well, maybe peaceful, okay. easy feeling. No, God. I kinda, oh, God. What about Desperado? No, like Desperado. no. Like New Kid in Town? Yeah, New oh, Kid in Town. I love that Oh, my God. It makes my, uh, my skin crawl. Anyway, I, I said that yesterday, and it's like I just got barbecued online because I happen to have an opinion, unpopular as it may be. But see, that's the point. It's yeah. supposed to be unpopular. And you're un- going and against unapologetic. So- and you're going against society. That's it. Breakfast sausage is far superior to bacon as a breakfast meat. I disagree. I completely agree with that. You like sausage better? I prefer a a good breakfast sausage over a a piece of bacon. I don't know. If you're going to give me a sausage, I'd rather have like like another kind of sausage. See, a, a breakfast sausage is to me the kind of sausage you eat when there are no other sausages available. It's not my favorite kind of sausage. Yes, but it's uh, salty. Uh, it's uh, spicy. Yes. It's delicious. So it's a, a big slab of bacon. Mm, yeah, but bacon, uh, you really can't do much with the bacon. You don't. That's because you don't need to do much with bacon. And you can wrap bacon around everything else that's delicious. I prefer a sausage, egg, and cheese sandwich over a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich any day. The only time I will agree with you is because every time you eat a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich, the bacon comes out of the sandwich when you're biting through it sometimes. And in which case, the sausage egg sandwich is a little bit easier to manage. But when it comes to taste, there is no comparison. And then uh, I'll leave you with this one, even though we got to go into a break. Uh, some old people deserve to be abandoned in retirement homes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take your calls at 293 if you what's agree. Your, what's your favorite, uh, what's your favorite? elderly abandonment story? Yeah, when, when have you left grandma in a nursing home? It's 723 at Rock 102. GG Inks. Screen. It's 733. We're back, Steve and Dave on Rock 102. It's uh, it's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Oh, boy. Did you go to the big Cummington Fair over the weekend? I did not. Whoa. In 1869, a hotel in Boston became the first to have indoor plumbing. Harper's Weekly published the first picture of Uncle Sam with chin whiskers. Inventor Cornelius Swartout patented the first stovetop waffle iron. And the Cummington Fair was born! Uh, hold on a second. Yes, the 154th Cummington Fair ended on Sunday, proving again to thousands of fairgoers that it is what organizers proudly proclaim as one of the best little fairs in the country. Now, to get there, do you have to exit at Athol? No. You uh, you start in Athol. Yes. You go straight to Yarmouth. Right. At the Camelot Inn. Yep. Spend a weekend in Dennis. Uh-huh. <laughs> and way back to the Cummington Creamery. Well, there you go. Yeah. How about that? That's how we do the tour of Massachusetts. Hmm. Uh, I haven't been to this one at all. The Cummington one. I've been to the Middlefield Fair, which is also 
not too shabby. Really? But uh, the Cummington one, I haven't been to. I haven't, uh, I haven't been to that one. I've been to the East Longmeadow one a few times. Yeah. I still remember that guy uh, years ago who was part of the, remember the Rock and Mineral show that came yes. in here? Yes. And uh, he was telling us about uh, this specific uh, rock mineral that's found only in Cummington, Massachusetts. That's called Cummingtonite. Yes. And I thought he was lying about that. No, that's... that's but it's, he's absolutely... 100% correct. That's a, that. It's a real life thing. Uh, let's see. It's a small ca- uh, country fair, but it packs a lot into it. Uh, everything is here. The agriculture, the food, the entertainment, the exhibits and the exhibit hall and the 4-H hall. There's ox pulls, horse pill pulls, tractor pulls, and kids showing sheep. What are they showing the sheep? Uh, you don't want to know. Yeah, that's what I want to know. Have you? Uh, when's the last time you went to a fair other than the Big E? <sighs> gonna say the last time was probably the east long meadow festival no no i take that back yeah festa festa i'll be there on friday festa yeah but fe- does festa have rides and stuff sure we do they do they do where in that area there's there's a whole you know where the stage is yeah all right see so if you go to the left of the stage there's like a midway area you know what i uh i wish i had known the answer to that but i was shunned from that event when you stole it from me uh steal, many years I ago i didn't steal jack squat i believe from you. you did no i didn't yes you i did. did not no what happened was for whatever reason you abdicated the throne and they asked hey who else is available to do festa and i said well uh you know uh these are my people and uh it only makes sense that the only portuguese person on staff be the host so then they asked me, I said yes, and then you know, once you accept mm-hmm. uh, the hosting gig, you have the right of first refusal. And I'm like, well, what's the point of giving it up? I didn't take it away from you. You gave it up. I gave it up for one time because I my niece was getting married. Yes. And I had to go to the wedding. Well, did you ever hear the old saying, shuffle your feet, lose your seat? And well, you're, not, you're not there one year. You might as well not be there at all. The Halloween party. Yeah. You took that away from me, too. I, I used to do that. that. I No. I, Steve, same thing. No. no. It's not the same it thing. It is the absolute same thing. Well, I don't understand why I can't get it back the next time you, you go. Well, because uh, the Halloween celebration at the uh, the Rumble Seat. Now, you used to do it at the Silk City Tap Room, though, right? Yeah. All right. That was many, many years ago. Now that they're doing it at the Rumble seat, yeah. uh, Billy Stetson thinks I'm just the cat's ass. And I can't say I, are, I, I can blame him. Um, because when I go to an event, I bring it to the table. I believe uh, Mr. Stetson contacted me last year on the day you were at the Halloween party. And they said, I wish I had hired you instead. That never happened. It certainly did. It did not. And he's like, oh, I don't know why Bax is here. You know what? All the good ones are already booked on this night. Will you stop? I'm taking Bax in. And he's probably going to wear that Pope costume again. I've only worn it twice. I've only worn it twice. And you know what? Here's the thing. I was told specifically last week, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah, you're going to host it again this year. Mm-hmm. And no, you can't wear the Pope costume. Ah, see? All right. Well, so At least then he's I, making rules. I will, it wasn't from him. It was from our uh, uh, sue up in sales. And so she said, no, you can't wear the Pope costume. I got to come up with something else. All right. Now I'm getting upset. Why are the salespeople telling you what you can and can't wear to a Halloween bar? Right. Party? Right. Yeah. So now I have, uh, so I have two other options that I've already worn before. Mm-hmm. 
or I have to do something that I've never done before. And I, and frankly, that's a lot of work for me. So I, I went as a, as a, a guy from Devo, mm-hmm. and I also went as He-Man, which was very, very, uh, very convincing. Well, He-Man, I could definitely see. Yes, yes. But I'm not sure I could still fit in. Actually, in all fairness, I'm not sure I can still fit into either one of those uh, pre-pandemic costumes. The Pope, it was like, you know, one size fits all. Well, He-Man's a little more snug. It's very snug. Like uh, you're looking for the reservoir tip at the top. It's that snug. It's also not yeah. conducive to going to the bathroom. Yeah, I uh, I didn't like that. I wouldn't like that. Yeah, I, I I like something that allows me to go to the bathroom. I went. To, I wore a uh, another radio station I worked for. There's so many of them. Um, <laughs> uh, they had a, this big giant Halloween party every year. That yes. was their like signature thing. One of the signature things that they had. And uh, they used to let us get costumes from. There's a place down on, used to be here, called the Costume Closet. It's no oh, longer the there. Yeah. yeah, the lady retired, and she doesn't do it anymore. But it was a cool place. It had all kinds of cool stuff in there. And then uh, I didn't realize we could get whatever we wanted. And Because I was like, oh, like, give me a pirate costume or something. You know, yeah, something yeah. stupid. And then uh, I said, wait a minute. Can I get this gorilla suit? And she's like, yeah, you can get the gorilla suit. So I was a big gorilla for Halloween one year. Oh, that's cool. And... Uh, I will never again be a gorilla because it was probably about 900 degrees inside the suit. Yeah. And then when you took off the the helmet, the gorilla helmet, not a mask, a helmet, uh, the sweat was like you could almost feel the sweat of whoever else yeah. wore that thing before you before I did. It was yeah. disgusting. You know this and I know this, but yeah. I don't know if the average listener understands this. The smelliest people in the world are typically mm. people who have jobs in radio. So uh, you don't really want us sweating at your party a- a- ever. It's it's not uh, it's it's just not conducive. Did you ever uh, like step out of this room for a significant amount of time and then come back in here? Like you know, we come in in the morning. Yeah. Right. You know, three of us are in here. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, around nine fifteen or so, I usually go over into the other room and do uh, production and whatnot. Right. Yeah. And then I come back in here and after not being in the room for like a good half hour, it smells. We can you, I can smell our stink. Did you ever um, do laundry and fold a shirt? And it was still kind of sort of damp, mm-hmm. sort of. Yeah. Like it was dry enough to take out of the out of the dryer, but it had a little bit of dampness to it. But you said, out of hell with it, I'm gonna put it in my I'm gonna fold up and put it in my drawer anyway. Yeah. And then you pull it out and 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 you forget that uh, a know, week that, later. Yeah. And you smell that mildewy stank yeah, that's on the, a shirt. That's exactly what this room smells like if you step away for uh, like even two minutes. It's disgusting. Yeah. It smells like wet fabric. Yeah. And, I, and not even good fabric. Not a big fan of that. You gotta no. make sure your clothes are dry before you put them away. But but you know what I'm but I know, you know the, the smell. smell. You yeah, know the smell. And it's yeah. exactly what this is. It's like uh, any time there was the, the the bar over in uh, in Springfield next, not Sophia's, but the one across the street. It used to be called uh, Maury's, right? Maury's. Yes. Went back in the day before now. It's I think it's Patty's, right? Yes. Yeah. Which is like nice and clean now. <laughs> Maury's was not. Maury's was. It smelled, and the only th- smell I could describe it was. Was like uh, when you go into your gym locker room in high school, 
like mid semester. Oh yeah. And we and I went to a high school that had a swimming pool. So all those you got, real, chlor- you got that real heavy air. It's like chlorinated funk, like bo funk, mm-hmm. mixed with stale beer and Jägermeister. I know that's that smell what Maury's well. smelled like. Yes, it was disgusting. You ever smell a place that just cleaned up, and the, the the smell of the cleaning solution is worse than the filth that was it was meant to clean? Uh, I hadn't planned on going to the Roderick Ireland courthouse today, but I will. But you know that yes, smell I'm th- talking about, smell, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's like it, it's got this anise. It's not like like yeah. pine saw, saw would be a step up. It's got like an ammonia type of yeah. soapy smell. I don't even know what what product it is, but it's obviously some sort of industrial strength, uh, you know, cleaning solution. I hate that smell. I like pine saw. I don't mind pine salt. Yeah. I'm just saying, I don't think this rises up to the level of a no, pine salt. probably not. Total of nine people were arrested Thursday afternoon in an undercover anti-John operation by the Springfield Police Department. The operation was led by Captain Brian Keenan with assistance from other uh, agencies. They conducted the operation in the South End neighborhood due to recent complaints from neighbors about solicitation of prostitution. The nine men were all arrested within a four-hour operation by undercover officers. All right, so there's still prostitution going on down there. They're not running a sting operation today. No. If you want a prostitute. Today's the day today's to go. Today's the day to go. Because this is like the lull. Oh, yeah, they had the big operation. They arrested nine people. Well, that was Thursday. Yeah, they ain't coming back at least for another six months. Oh, I, see, I don't know if it's six months. I, it may be sooner than that. But a couple of days afterwards, you know they moved on to something else. Oh, Absolutely. But, uh, you know, now, now's the time to go. Now's the time to go. And <sighs> yeah, Again, uh, you know, these poor, poor guys, you know, their faces are now in the news. Everybody can look at those, 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 those sad and dejected faces, you know, of dudes who thought they were going yeah. to have themselves the greatest time with a $25 hooker. And next thing you know, boom, they're in shackles at a paddy wagon, heading to Pearl Street to answer some charges. I just wanted an HJ. That's all I wanted. I just wanted a small one. I'm look at me. I'm hideous. You think I can get a woman in a regular bar? I mean, we all like to have our our face in the mm-hmm. paper, you know, uh, you know, of the good things we've done. Right. We don't always like to have our face in the paper where it says sting operation. Nine Johns arrested in a prostitution sting. That, that's right. Nobody wants that. Uh, well, it's 744. I guess we could uh, take a break now, right? Yes, we could. How we do it? Uh, Your Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be mostly uh, sunny with a high of 89. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 88. It's 69, giggity, in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. You're in the market. Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. It's 7.51 and the kinks. We're back, Steve and Dave, in Rock 102. Uh, partly cloudy for today and tomorrow with a high of 89. It's 69, giggity, and downtown Springfield. Uh, join me for Festa at the Lady of uh, Fatima in Ludlow Friday night from 7 to 9. It's going to be uh, five huge days of Portuguese-fueled fun and excitement from September 1st through the 5th with rides, games, amusements, and tons of live entertainment. In fact, Aquanet... We'll be there on Friday for a, a great show. Festa 2022 is back, so don't miss it. It's Festa 2022 at Our Lady of Fatima, Windsor Street in Ludlow, this Friday night from 7 to 9 with me and the road crew 
from Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 7.51 with back Stephen Dave. Now hear this. Now hear this. I'm so glad to hear that. You're only hearing what you want to hear. Now hear this with Bax, Steve, and Dave in the morning mm-hmm. on Not Rock listening. 102. You're only hearing what you want to hear. What the hell's going on over there? I think that's the bad intro. That's the bad intro that he uses. Why is it still there? That's what I like to know about it. Huh. Now hear this bad intro. It it does seem it does seem kind of weird. Uh, let's see. We're going to go with uh, clip number one. A community in southwest Florida has seen a few porta potties disappear recently, and one man thinks he knows the reason why. Steve Mammon said he recorded one being stolen off a construction site by his doorbell camera. He thinks that other construct com- uh, construction company. Just, just try to sound it out. He thinks that other construction companies are grabbing them to put on their own sites so they can pass inspection. And now i got to go back to my page oh. to find the stupid audio clip because it's not on the same page as that. Oh, thing. for crying out loud, Steve. I could have probably, probably found uh, that intro. I could have played it for you. All right, do you have that on again? Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's kind of crazy for somebody to come and steal a porta potty. The wife caught it on the camera, and guy in a Kubota with forks on the front of it just come and picked it up one afternoon and about five o'clock. And they didn't have a porta potty, so they couldn't get it an inspection without the porta potty. So they just come and nab this. Damn! Can you imagine stealing one of those things? Yeah, porta potty. Yeah. What do you do with it? Well, you you want to really know. Well, I know what you can do with it, but you still got somebody to. You have to have somebody come and clean it out for you. Yeah, but it's just there for the purposes of inspection, which means someone's got to clean out your porta potty when you're done with it. You know, I uh, not that they do any advertising with us, but I do uh, have to give props to the Ricky's Porta Potties place, right? Yeah, because they send me. A, I rented a porta potty from them once, and every year I get a Christmas card. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's cute. That's adorable. And it's always something uh, related to, like, uh, Santa needing to take a dump or something. And, that's great, and though. And he's thankful that Ricky's Porta Potties is right there outside of whatever home he's going to. Well, you got to believe he's delivering toys all all night long at some point. Yeah. You know, he has got to he has got to take a little bit of time for himself. Clip number two. A uh, wheel fell off a moving school bus filled with students in Jacksonville, Florida last week. CNN has video of what it sounded like inside the bus, plus an interview with one of the parents. Absolutely, she was frightened. She was panicking. It could have been a major accident when a wheel come off of any vehicle. Oh, the wheels on the bus go <laughs> off to the side. I don't, don't want to laugh at that. This kids must have been you know, horrified, but... Yet- <laughs> But I can't help it. I don't even know why I'm laughing. Oh, the video is even funnier. You see these kids flopping around inside the school uh, bus. Let's see. Absolutely. That's sick. And then we're uh, laughing at something like that. Finally, clip number three. I love Mickey. Mickey who? Mickey you. Mickey me. Somebody paid $12.5 million for a Mickey Mantle baseball card. This is, uh, it's uh, it's rated at a 9.5. 
and uh, it's the most ever spent on any piece of sports memorabilia ever. Near mint condition. 1952 Mickey Mantle card. Highest price paid ever for a collectible card. Uh, the guy who uh, sold the card bought it in 1991 for $40,000. He made a $12.52 million profit after 30 years. That's one <laughs> hell of an investment, don't you think? <laughs> but who the hell is buying it at $12.5 million? Well, see, that's uh, I don't I don't have that detail yeah, no, of the story. No, one, is- no one's announcing that yet. Yeah, who's like, the guy? Like, who's got that kind of money to burn on a on a baseball card? Well, I mean, if they sell these things at like Sotheby's or something, you got high end rich people go. Like, that's their hobby on a weekend. You know, like <laughs> you, you know, you and I want to go uh, relax at a lake somewhere or in a cabin up in Vermont. Yeah, uh, these people are like, let's go to Sotheby's and waste millions of dollars on pieces of paper. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll do the story in my view from the couch, mm-hmm. but uh, Mickey Mantle never saw twelve million dollars in his life. Right at the time of his death, he was only worth ten million dollars, and never made more than a hundred thousand dollars during any season he was playing baseball for the Yankees. My favorite Mickey Mantle story was when Jim Bouton came in here, who wrote Ball Four. Yeah, yeah, for the, and he was pitcher for the Yankees. Oh, I'm back. Trying to remember what the story was. Well, he was talking about how Mickey Mantle used to get hammered, like hammered during, like in the dugout during the game. Like he didn't even wait until after the game was over. <laughs> he start. He was popping them before the game even started, and he's talking about how, you know, they're all like, "Oh my God, he's in rough shape. He ain't gonna, he ain't gonna make it through this one." Well, he's stumbling up to the plate, <laughs> and he gets he gets rested, and he hits a home run. Right? <laughs> yes. And when they asked him, Mick, how the hell did you do that? And he goes, I saw three balls. I just aimed for the middle one. <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh, now here this, uh, some sports report. Back to the from the couch coming up in just a few minutes. It's 758 at Rock 102. The Big Bunk is $1.6 million to burn on a baseball card. I have no idea. What I can tell you is that in spite of the mint condition of the card and the apparent scarcity, I would not be that guy. I'd rather spend my money on things like a place to live, meals, utilities, and school for my children. I also think that bringing a $12 million baseball card into the house would cause a lot more domestic problems than if I picked up a load of hookers and dropped them off in the driveway on a bus. The only thing to consider is that this card is worth more than 12 times what Mickey Mantle made during his entire career. Not only that, but at the time of his death, Mickey Mantle, in 1995's net worth, never reached that kind of money. Not even close. In fact, you have any idea how many liver transplants Mickey Mantle could have paid for with $12.6 million? I'll tell you how many. Based upon today's high medical premiums, Mickey would have gotten 29.1 of them. And yet, all of that has been overshadowed because some idiot spent way too much on a baseball card. Well, good luck with that, pal, because if I had 12.6 million bucks, I certainly wouldn't spend be spending it on that. But hey, in a my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. The Ego Battery Power Lawnmower, so light, so maneuverable, so quiet, you could mow the lawn with one hand and be making a bid on a baseball card on your phone on the other. And then you'd look like a guy who's got $12 million to burn. You'll never spend that, spend that much on an Ego Mower. Light, quiet, gasoline-free. Get yours today at Rocky's Ace Hardware.
I'm back. That's my view from the couch. So, 811, Rock 102 with back Stephen Dave, Thin Lizzy, hard rock band formed in Dublin, Ireland. Back in 1969. Oh, thank you very much, Steve. Uh, well, well done. Writing uh, facts for Dixie Cups. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's going to be a pretty nice day today and tomorrow. Sunny and a high of 89. It's 69 giggity in downtown Springfield. Um, went to that uh, went to that concert last week with Kid Rock. Kid Rock and, uh, and Foreigner. Oh, oh, yeah, baby. Oh, boy. I got to tell you, man. Listening to these songs over and over and over again here on this radio station, right? Don't do these songs any justice until you hear them live and in person. I would climb any mountain, sail across the stormy seas. If that's what it takes me, baby. To show how much you mean to me And I guess it's just the woman in you That brings out the man in me I know I can't help myself All in the world to me Alright, um And you know what? It what? felt like I was hearing this song For the very first time you know, the funny part about it is um, the guys playing it on the stage were probably playing it for the very first time well, since none of them were actually in Foreigner. I sent a picture to a friend of mine, and they replied, uh, uh, yeah, nice cover band. <laughs> but listen, uh, the, it's 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 a licensed band. You know, they, they're running under the name of Foreigner. Yeah. There might not be any original members left in there, but at least they carry on the sound and they still hold true to it. You're yeah. not gonna let your you're not gonna let somebody go out and do your music that you that doesn't well, hold at least somewhat true to what you have created. True. But you know, at, at uh, if it had a member of the band that had been there for a good long period of time. Yeah. Then you could maybe getting away with calling it Foreigner. Yeah. But Mick Jones, who is the leader of that band, owns the name of the band. And he's the only member who has anything to do with the band, and he doesn't even tour with them. So it's kind of like a it's kind of like a disingenuous tribute band, really. It would be no different than, you know, if the machine played and said, huh. We're we're Pink Floyd. Well, they're not. They're the machine. Listen, uh, I'm doing my last wedding DJing. Really? On October 29th, I believe. Ever? Uh, yeah. You're retiring? I might do one for a friend here and there, but I'm not going to be uh, doing it full time anymore. Are you, I'm not uh, doing the uh, weekend warrior thing. You're hanging up the uh, the uh, the uh, the tuxedo? Yeah. Well, I only wore a tuxedo once. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm hanging yeah. up the suit. I'm hanging up the sweat the you, sweatsuit that I wear. What are you going to do with all that gear? You're going to uh, you, Well, I mean, I'll, I'll probably sell some of it. I'll probably hang on to some of it. Uh, wow. Yeah. It, I mean, it's getting old. It's, it's it's old equipment, and I don't want to really buy new stuff. And you're getting old. I am getting old, and I'm yeah. too old to be doing, uh, you know, going to people's weddings and, uh, you know, doing this on the weekends. A lot of the guys that I know are, uh, they're great guys. They're great DJs. That's their full-time job, though. 
Like, that's what they do full-time. Yeah. Whereas I don't do this full-time. I did it to when I started doing this as a business. I was looking to pay for my kids' daycare, which was astronomical. Always is. And, uh, you know, now that I, I've kind of settled uh, in a little bit, uh, I'm comfortable enough to say I don't need to do this all the time. I'll do like a Jack and Jill here and there, but I'm, not, I'm doing the weddings. However, if somebody wants to buy the rights to Steve Nagel Mobile DJ Services, I will gladly sell that to you, and you can run a business under the guise of my name, just like Foreigner runs the guise of their right. band of the people that aren't even the original people. Well, let me throw this at you, uh, yeah. Mr. Mobile DJ. Yeah. Suppose someone takes you up on that offer, uh-huh. and they provide inadequate service, well, and, they, my- and, they, and they wind up staining the very great reputation that you've spent all these many years trying to build. Oh, I... Pfft. I have no reputation anyway. Steve. Yeah. You've got the biggest reputation of any of these yes, guys. Yes, the reputation of, God, I have buyer's remorse with this guy. <laughs> he charged me how much? He charged me how much to play music off his computer? It's ridiculous. He's not even nearly as good as the guy that came in third place in the Best of the Valley Advocate Reader's Poll. No, but I, I can see how Mick Jones uh, feels about that. Uh, yeah, look, I don't want to do all this legwork. Let somebody else go under my name. And yeah. uh, that, and you always have to sign a contract going, listen, I am not responsible for anything that you do to ruin this business. That's on you, pal. So you you, you got to protect yourself somehow. So basically what you're looking to do is franchise out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to franchise the Steve Nagel mobile DJ business, you go right ahead. Well, I mean, I suppose it's not a bad idea. I mean, you know, Colonel Sanders has been dead for years, and look how many places of uh, that bear his name are still in operation. Yeah, uh, you know, I could go on Shark Tank and try to sell this idea. Yes, maybe that. Uh, what's that? Uh, who's the guy that uh, owns the basketball team? Oh, Mark Cuban. Mark yeah. Cuban. Oh, maybe sure. Mark Cuban will buy it. I'm sure he'll invest. Absolutely. Why wouldn't he? <laughs> Well, he runs a team full of douches anyway. Well, yeah, well. there you go. What's one What's one more in his franchisee? Um, I guess the real point of this conversation was to kind of reel it back in, um, is uh, the feeling of music. When you hear music, I can li- like I said, I can listen to this stuff all day long here. These same songs, these foreigner songs, I've heard them all. I've yeah. heard all of them. Uh, especially the ones that they do on stage. They play the hits. They have a lot of hits. You're damn right they do. A lot of hits. Yes. Some of them are good. And there's something about seeing that perform and hearing that performance so close, so like in person, and high AF on edibles. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. But, you know, it, it, and I think there's actually research uh, about this, that live music uh, two things happen. One, it releases yeah. a certain amount of dopamine in your system. Yeah. Uh, so you, in, in a way that you would never get just listening to it on the radio mm-hmm. or even playing the records at home. I mean, it you, know, you do have a level of dopamine, but it's, it's like a different kind of visceral reaction to live music. The other thing is, is that you're with a bunch of people who are also there to see the very same show yeah. with the very same music. So it's basically a tribal experience to see music live. Yeah. You're not just enjoying it for yourself. You're enjoying it with like-minded people. And there's something very powerful about that. Now, occasionally you'll see a show that's just freaking terrible. And that tribe walks off the uh, off the door saying, well, that was a waste of my money. But if you enjoyed the show, that's all that mattered. Yeah, I now, did. I had a great time. I didn't even, I didn't even know Foreigner was going to open. 
you know, my buddy who got these tickets at the douchebag, uh, he said, uh, you know, uh, Kid Rock, you want to go see Kid Rock? And I'm like, yeah. First, I thought he said Tanglewood. That's right. Which And I was like, Kid Rock at Tanglewood? It's like 20 minutes from my house. I can be there. And then- uh, <laughs> That would be like the last place like I would imagine yeah. Kid Rock showing up. And then I and then I look down at the text again and I'm like, Oh, Great Woods. I get you. Great yeah. Woods. Tanglewood, yeah, not, Great Woods. Not the same thing. Two different ends of the state. Um but yeah, the experience of actually listening to that music in the volume it was intended to be played at mm-hmm. and in the energy level of a band that performs those songs. I mean, you can you can also see a band like you said about the performance, about walking away from something, going, "Wow, it was an awful performance." If if the band isn't into it, it doesn't make the music any better at all. It actually, no. makes the music worse. And actually, there's a lot of things that can go wrong that yeah. throws a band off, and and that may have nothing to do with them individually. And this guy, I don't even know the lead singer's name. I don't even know if Mick Jones do who the lead singer's <laughs> right. name is anymore. But uh, he put on a great show. Yeah. It, it was it was about you know the, the uh, theatrical performance, if you will, if you want to call it that, because it, you're dancing around. It's choreographed dance, and he's getting up on this pole singing "Jukebox Hero." Yeah, see, Lou, watch Lou Graham try yeah. to do that. Yeah, and when you're uh, when you're uh, ensconced in uh, THC, yes, and you're like. Wow, man! This is like the first time I'm experiencing this kind of thing <laughs> because I don't—I've never been to a concert uh, high before. Yeah, dude, I've been a dirty drunk. white boy too. I've been drunk plenty of times, but uh, yeah. you know, uh, getting high and watching that music and feeling every note—bam! Awesome, good it stuff. It is good stuff. Good stuff. Now, I, I listen. I, I used to go see a lot of shows back in my youth. Yeah, uh, you know, these days not so much because it's. It ain't cheap. So, you know, I kind of parcel out the, you know, what shows I want to see in a year and which ones I don't. Yeah. But uh, the guy I, I interviewed for the podcast this week, this guy Thomas Walsh from this band Pugwash, which, by the way, do yourself a favor. Go search them out. The music is phenomenal. This guy is from Ireland. And what he did last year, and he just finished up a, another part of it just a, a few months ago, or a few weeks ago, I should say, is he was doing small venue shows. So mm-hmm. he came from Ireland, hadn't been in the States in years, and he was and, and I got a chance to see him um in February in someone's living room. Yeah, I remember you telling me this and that you went and uh, watched the guy for a private showing. It and it was and, and then there's probably like, you know, forty, fifty people in the house. <clears throat> and um real nice couple in, in, in Westport, Mass. And you would think, well, is is the concert experience the same thing? seeing a guy that you know you appreciate his music with other people in, in that same tribal way is the same type of experience to be honest i really liked it yeah because when you're when you like so you're seeing the guys from foreigner they're on a they're on a stage you know tens of yards away from where you were sitting this guy was like as far as you are from me that's how far away I was watching this show. See, that's cool. And it was it was personal and it was intimate. And all I can think of is, you imagine like uh, you know the Rolling Stones playing in someone's living room. They could never get away with that in a million years. No. Paul McCartney could never play in someone's backyard. No, he wouldn't be able. To how, how could he do? He's Paul. He could never do that. Well, because everybody would hear it in the neighborhood, and then they have the whole neighborhood showing up. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He could fill out Fenway Park in the blink of an eye. But, you know, you, you would never be able to have that kind of intimate experience yeah. with a Paul McCartney like you could somebody else. 
And he, when I talked to Thomas, even he was saying, you know, I don't care whether you've got a big venue. I would he he prefers doing this because of the same exact thing. You're not only walking out there, you know, promoting your music, but you're actually walking out of there getting to know people, which is you know, almost unheard of. Uh, one of the other best shows I saw, you talk about small theaters, was the Infinity Hall in, um, what town is this in? It's in Connecticut, and I can't remember Infinity the name. Infinity Hall. Yeah. Oh, what? no. I, um, uh, oh, my God, yeah. Why can't I find this? It's like it's like in Northwest Connecticut. In uh, is it Norfolk? Norfolk. Norfolk, yeah. Connecticut. Yeah, that's uh, 300 seats. Right. Yep. Peter Wolf. We interviewed him. Yeah. And then yeah. I went and saw him that same night after we interviewed him. You said he was great. Dude, the guy was set at the time. He was. This was going back five years ago, six years ago. Now he was seventy-two years old, and he was still dancing around on stage like he was thirty-two years old. The, but to have only three hundred people in a setting, it was a really cool show. Yeah. Real cool. But I also noticed the age group watching Peter Wolf, everybody was just sitting quietly. Like oh, yeah. he's dancing around like he's still 32 years old, and everybody else is just, oh, isn't this a nice show? I hope he does love stinks. You know, like, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, but the intimacy of that yeah. kind of changes the whole thing, and you wind up appreciating a guy's artistry maybe even more than if you were in, like, uh, in a big arena. Right, you know, where you're you're sitting in the back row because it's the best you could afford, and you got to have binoculars to see what's going on stage. Yeah, and this one, uh, we didn't have any like special preference of t- like you didn't get like sp- you know sp- uh, special treatment for yeah. tickets. We just got general seating, which wasn't that bad because it's only three hundred people. Like you-, you can easily see it. That's the kind of shows I want to I want to go to. It's eight twenty five. We're back, Stephen Dave and Rock one hundred two. Podcasters Association at this station. It's eight twenty nine. We're back, Stephen Dave and Rock one hundred two. Eight twenty nine. Yeah, I know. This the show's just buzzing right by. Uh, gonna be a nice couple of days here. Eighty nine for a high and sunny tomorrow. Uh, Eighty eight for a high and sunny. It's sixty nine giggity in downtown Springfield. Yeah, we got news coming up next on Rock one hundred two. Here's your Western Mass News first alert forecast. Clouds will increase this morning ahead of a cold front that will bring scattered showers and thunder. 33. We're back, Stephen Dave and Rock 102. It's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, back. Springfield police and firefighters were called in after a car struck a house in the Pine Point neighborhood uh, early this morning. The incident happened on Denver Street, which is located off Boston Road. No immediate word on the injuries or the cause of the crash, and uh, 22 News is on top of this and will not bring you the latest information because of a lack of interest later on today. <laughs> I mean, they're interested. They just don't. Yeah. Uh, they're just not going to send anybody out. The house is being charged with uh, drunken disorderly conduct for standing in the way of traffic. Well, it's probably about time that a mm-hmm. house gets uh, gets the blame. Well, you know, we're always uh, we're always uh, we always want to blame the motorist, but you know, with the, the in a no fault state, the car is somewhat uh, responsible. We always crucify the uh, the people who are seemingly drivers, but not in this case. That's right. This this house stood up jumped out in the middle of Denver Street and said, F around and find out, pal. Happens a whole lot more than you might think. A total of nine people were arrested Thursday afternoon in an undercover anti-John operation by the Springfield Police Department. I believe we have one of those here, too. Uh, the operation was led <laughs> by Captain Brian Keenan with assistance from uh, Springfield Police officers, the Mass State Police, and all these other people. 
and they conducted the operation in the South End due to recent complaints from neighbors about solicitation of prostitution. The nine men were all arrested within a four-hour operation by undercover officers. Now, Mm. only eight of them are pictured. One of them is a juvenile. So could you call him a man, or do you call him a man after he gets the services from the fake prostitute? Yeah, I don't know. I I think he was- I'm a man! (laughs) Yes, I am! But I'm wondering, uh, you know, I'm sure he was thinking that, you know, this situation would, in fact, turn him into a man, when in fact now it turns him into a- Criminal. Defendant. Yeah, but it's a misdemeanor. It's not like, uh, you know, you're going to- You're not going to do hard time for that- yeah, 22 to the uh, marvelous. I had a hard time while I was with the prostitute, hey and now. then she ruined it. Hey, 22 News put together a marvelous uh, collage mm-hmm. of uh, of the eight uh, adult men. I mean, they, added, they, didn't, they didn't put the juvenile in there because he's yeah. going to have to wait at least until he's 18 to get his face plastered on the on news stations. But these are the right guys. They seem... Do you ever, ever see somebody who has a look... Uh, on their face that mm. they've just been greatly inconvenienced? Yes. Which one? That's, that's what these guys look like. All of them? Every single one of them kind of has that same look, like, you know, just, well, can I, I, can I really be blamed? I would imagine, uh, you know, not all of them are lonely people. They're just looking for an extra extra, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, I get it. So some of them may have wives or girlfriends. Oh, yeah. Uh, and... How do you? That's the look I see. How am I going to explain this? <laughs> uh, listen, she asked me for directions. Yeah, I yeah. Uh, told her to go south, and then that was it. Yeah, I don't know what happened. And, and, and then all of a sudden, I'm being cuffed. I think I was framed. But well, these guys have a look of, uh, of, of great inconvenience. Like they've all got involved in a really big pickle. Governor Charlie Baker will be in Western Mass today making stops in Springfield, West Springfield, and Holyoke. Oh, that's nice that he came right here into the East Long Meadow Studios. Eh, we're working on it. Baker and uh, Lieutenant Governor Karen Polito are scheduled to be in Springfield at 1230 where they will join Mayor Dom Dom for an announcement of the redevelopment of the Civic Center Garage on Bruce Landon Way. The aging parking structure is set to be demolished and replaced. Mayor Dom Sarno stated, This vital and key economic development project located in the heart of downtown district has been a priority of my administration as part of my overall redevelopment vision for our downtown. Now you might say, dude, it's just a parking lot. Well, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you uh, something that, uh, that I know that maybe you don't. Uh, They got some plans, not just for the lot, but some of the things that are going on. I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag and spoil their surprise. But by the sounds of it, you go, huh? Yeah, ain't that an interesting use of the space? Very interesting plans. Very I think it is exciting plans yes. too. Yes. Uh, Dom Dom goes on to say, like a phoenix rising from the ashes, this old and outdated garage will be taken down, and a new transformational five-story garage, which will be more conducive to the needs of the neighborhood and complement us around downtown amenities and business establishment with over eight hundred parking spaces. And you have to believe him because uh, you don't want to cross him if you're <laughs> if you think he's not telling the truth. By the way, John DeLeva's the valet because they ran out of space at the Hall of Fame. They're putting them all in the <laughs> Civic Center garage. Bada bing, bada boom. God bless. God bless. God bless the, the Dom city Sano. Of, of Springfield. 
I, I don't know. I just uh, the 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 weight for all of this stuff. That's the worst part. Oh, it's I know. The anticipation. Like I get it. we know the plan. We know, but we can't tell. No, I want to. Listen, I I don't want to ruin it for anybody. I mean, they're gonna have a big announcement, and uh, I think it's a it's a wicked cool plan. Uh, an abused monkey who was flushed down a toilet and offered cocaine is enjoying living her new life and now has a boyfriend. Who's providing a monkey with rails of cocaine? Well, Millie was rescued from a house in Newport, England, not okay. Rhode Island. It would never fly down in Newport, Rhode Island with a monkey. <laughs> People in Newport don't waste their cocaine. After distressing videos showed her being flushed down the lavatory and clinging onto the side for dear life. See, I thought it was Newport, Rhode Island when I first started it, but when it said lavatory, that's when I knew it was British. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> in Newport, Rhode Island, it would be the bathroom. You don't call it a lavatory anymore. Do you call it a lavatory? Never. The last time I called it a lavatory was when I was in Catholic school back in 1988. When Sister Francis said, you need a lav pass. It was a lav pass because they wouldn't say lavatory because that would be just too long to say. Couldn't you just say toilet? I guess you I gotta could. I got to use a toilet. Anyway, anyway, the marmoset was also shown to have been offered cocaine and a dog made to chase her, leaving her cowering in the corner. That's horrible. The RSPCA, which is the British version of the MSPCA, right. seized the pet and she was rehomed at Monkey World in Dorset in January, where she has come on leaps and bounds. Ooh, I think I wiped that off, don't you? <laughs> uh, at first, she was struggling to settle in. a wet dry vac, I think. And staff at the center were worried about the effects the abuse had on her. They slowly built up her confidence and provided her with a fellow marmoset mate called Moon, who was rescued from a pet trade. Now, what about this cocaine addiction? How do they resolve that? Well, uh, she still sniffs her nose and says man a lot. <laughs> Moon was quick she to... Still seems to use a lot of neosinephrine for no reason. Uh, Moon was quick to respond to Millie's alarm calls and would stand by her side to reassure her, which has helped her to learn trust again. Now the pair are inseparable and love spending time in their large enclosure... Hunting insects and enjoying each other's company. Oh, that's a that's a heartwarming story. RSPCA uh, Inspector Sophie Daniels, who rescued Millie, says this was a very disturbing case, but I am pleased to see Millie is doing well in a fantastic environment with her boyfriend Moon by her side. No, I think Moon knows this chick's more famous than I am. She was flushed down a toilet. Yeah, I was rescued from a pet trade along with thousands of other animals. Maybe Moon's being nice to her because she's got that uh, that cocaine connection. Well, he's, maybe maybe he thinks he can uh, you know, get an eight ball from this uh, from this monkey. She's in recovery. <laughs> a monkey, a monkey with a monkey on their back. That is ironic. Do you think the monkey says, "You yeah. know, it's a real human on your back"? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah I like yeah, the yeah, way you think, Baxendale. Sure. Air France suspended two of its pilots for fighting in the cockpit during a Geneva-Paris flight in June. Is that even legal? <laughs> what kind of flight is this? Uh, despite the fist fight, the flight continued and landed safely, and the dispute didn't affect the rest of the flight, an airline official said on Sunday, stressing its commitment to safety. According to a report by the Swiss La Tribune Daily, the pilot and co-pilot had a dispute shortly after takeoff and grabbed each other by the collars after one apparently hit the other. 
the hell's going on on this flight? Now, your, your sister's a flight attendant, right? Yeah. Has she ever seen anything like this? Where like like pilots start you know wailing on each other because they can't stand the looks of each other? Yeah, we don't talk anymore, so I really don't know. Well, I'm just saying. I'd, I'd, I never heard that before. I've heard what? of unruly passengers, but never. Uh, yeah, well, passengers are just yeah. miserable. But but I wonder like whether like uh, flight crews get involved in a in a in a dust up. Yeah, I guess I could see that happening. Like a like a Delta Airlines Donnybrook. Yeah, you know, I like to see that. Uh, I'm not, sh- not on my flight, but like I, I'd like to hear that story on somebody else's flight. I'm sure there are arguments that happen, just like in any workplace. You know, you don't like what somebody's doing. Well, or- an argument is one thing, but yeah. when it when it comes to like, like it like okay, so the argument cannot be resolved through any level of diplomacy. The only way, the only thing that is left in order to resolve this dispute is for me to punch you right in the suck. Yeah, I'd like to know whether that happens. I think there's a you know flight attendants who argue like you gave that guy in Manhattan. We're not even in Manhattan. It's like me telling Dave with the mass hats never from Massachusetts. You don't think there's another flight attendant going? How are you serving up a Manhattan when you're not even in Manhattan? We're in Germany for God's sake. Listen, I know radio people have uh, occasionally come to blows when they couldn't uh, resolve their disputes. Well, anyway, these uh, these two cockpit fighters go uh, go to blows. And then the cabin crew then intervened, and one crew member spent the flight in the cockpit with the pilots. News of the flight emerged after Air France's investigation uh, agency, BEA, issued a report on Wednesday saying some Air France pilots lack rigor with regards to respect safety protocols. Mm. Uh, the report focused on a fuel leak on an Air France flight from Brazzaville in the Republic of Congo to Paris in December of 2020 when pilots rerouted the plane but did not cut power to the engine or land as soon as possible. So now they go into this whole thing about safety stuff because two pilots going at it, that's unsafe. Yeah, maybe. But unless they're on like uh, autopilot. Well, I'm sure it flies itself. You know, we talked about this last week. You know, you talk to airline pilots and they're like, the hardest part is taking off and landing. The rest of the flight is all controlled by a computer and can probably be controlled by somebody in a in a box somewhere, you yeah. know, like sitting there. Yeah. So you're right. Probably was on autopilot. These two uh, these two bitches go, yeah, well, I told you to turn the door on. Well, I didn't tell you to turn the door on. You told me a liar? Yeah, I'm calling you a liar. You want to whip out the cockpit and let's go? Yeah, I, I, it's hard to imagine like two guys sitting in the cockpit, all getting you know, all puffing up at each other, ready to start to throw down. Yeah, I wonder what that could, what, what 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 caused it. I, I would I, love to. I would love to know what's the genesis behind this disagreement. Well, he probably uh, saw the, the the pilot eating shrimp, and he's like, "Hey, uh, hey, pilot! The ocean called. They're running out of shrimp." And the and the other guy says, "Oh yeah, well the the jerk store called, and they're all out of you." And the other pilot goes, "Well, what's the matter? You're their biggest seller." And then he goes, "Oh yeah, well I had sex with your wife." Oof. And then the flight attendant goes, "His wife's in a coma," and then they start <laughs> fighting. Your Pioneer Valley forecast today, going to be sunny with a high of 89. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 88. It's 71 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh yeah. And now, bedtime. The Rock, it's 8.52, and Aerosmith with back Steve and Dave on Rock 102. Going to be a nice day today, sunny and a high of 88. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 89. It is 72 right now in downtown Springfield. Rock 102 is bringing you Patriots football all season long. Sunday, September 11th, the Patriots open up their season on the road. Against the Miami Dolphins, the live Volvo Cars Pioneer Valley pregame show begins at 10. 
Uh, with kickoff schedule at 1 p.m., Bob Soshi and Scott Zolak bring you all the play-by-play action. The Patriots play here on Rock 102. You ever uh, Were you ever in the military? Closest I ever got was the Weeblos. Yeah. I played uh, Call of Duty once. Yeah. <laughs> I like the fact you just said duty. Yeah, I know. Now, uh, Boy, Boy Scouts is about as much uh, military as I ever got. Yeah, I uh, I've never been in the military. I never had the uh, the honor of doing that uh, that particular kind of work. Uh, but I was reading something over the weekend. Uh, I, like I said, I'm on Reddit a lot. There's lots of things on there. Lots of things. One of these uh, these like spouting off uh, opinion things. Not the unpopular opinion, but one of these opinion things. Yeah. It was a guy who was saying, uh, here's a pro tip for writing military characters in like movies or books or something like that. Do not give them a badass nickname. Literally, every military nickname is either an insult or a reminder of an embarrassing incident. For example, my nickname was Firehose because I once got really drunk and urinated myself. I'm not ashamed to admit this because everyone I knew with a nickname had a similarly embarrassing origin. Mm-hmm. My and then another person responded, "Mine was Rat because I was short for the army and ugly." So if you're like uh, if your nickname in the military is uh, Nighthawk or Dragon, yeah, a pretty good chance you could have given somebody an angry dragon. Yep. Uh, or uh, you had an incident with a Nighthawk. Exactly my point. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, I can see that. I can see that. You know, some of the best nicknames I've ever heard all stem from something really horrible. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's, you know? that's, that's what. So good, uh, It's a good point. Uh, 293-1021, no, if a military we, nickname you'd like to share with us, uh, <laughs> then please go ahead and do so. I don't, uh, I don't know if we have to do that. Well, I don't think anybody's willing to admit it anyway. Like, you know, you're not going to tell anybody, uh, yeah, my nickname was... Uh, Swashbucket because uh, well you don't really want to know you don't get yeah I don't really want to let that that uh, story out in public but I, I I do find that kind of thing interesting it really it didn't hit me until you know this guy writes this thing on there I'm like that makes a lot of sense yeah you know what else I'm going to just assume that is different uh, in the mili- the the military than say like in Hollywood mm-hmm. not everybody in the military is a hard ass. It's just not possible. You know, proportionally speaking, it's just not possible for everybody in the military to be a hard ass. Whereas in the movies, you put a, you know, you put like a, you know, a, a machine gun in someone's hands and all of a sudden they're, you know, they're fighting terrorists left and right. Yeah. I don't believe that's what it is. I believe we have a call. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Rock 102. Good morning. Who's this? Oh, uh, oh that one yeah, didn't no, work. Okay. Hold on. Let me... uh, Rock 102. Good morning. Who's this? Oh, they hung up too. Oh, that hung up too. Right. Well, that's all right. Oh, see, that went well. This is why we solicit phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, and I just, I mean, just, I just think there's probably a lot of really, uh, you know, things about Hollywood that they're just not accurate when it comes to the military. Yeah, you know, like military. Like, I'm more likely to believe that stripes is more realistic than, say, like, uh, you know, the Terminator movies or something like that. Yeah, you know, just probably not the realistic. This guy says, uh, mine was Lunchbox because I made a joke to the CEO that, that the body of the suicide bomber we were standing over smelled like barbecue and looked like lasagna. And he said <laughs> I was sick and that I could always eat his portion of hot chow lasagna was ever being served in the dining hall. 
That's actually pretty funny. See, it is a, this is a thing. It's a, you go. have a story about that. <laughs> we want to hear from you. But uh, yeah, I, know, I, 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 I would have had. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, Full Metal Jacket was a perfect example of that. Yeah. You know, Private Pile because he was dopey and he was dumb and big and you know all that stuff. The Joker because he was a he was a pain in the ass and. Uh, what was the other guy's name? Was he, uh, oh, I got it. I don't know. There's a, a, a couple of, but but, but th- that's what it was. It was it was the drill sergeant making fun of them. It wasn't the drill sergeant giving them a nickname because he liked them. Yeah, <laughs> you don't get a good nickname because of the good things you do. That's right. It's uh, eight fifty-seven with back Stephen Dave and Rock One Hundred Two.